What's up and welcome everybody to another season of the Say What You Like Top 10 NFL Power Rankings, man. Here we are picking things up here in week two because, well, let's face it, why even rank teams before playing a single game, right? I mean, here we are with week one in the books and these books were written with a lot of miscommunication a lot of sloppy play and of course you got those ridiculous overreactions from the fans but no matter how good or how bad your favorite players or your favorite teams were in week one always remember that one week does not a season make not for any team or any player for that matter i mean unless you're nathan peterman or even Matthew Stafford after Monday night. But aside from that, you're probably still confident you can turn this thing around. But here we are. Let's begin with this wild ride that is the 2018 Top 10 NFL Power Rankings here on the Say What You Like Sports Podcast. Speaking of sloppy play here in week one, at number 10, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm going to blame not pulling out a win against the Cleveland Browns this weekend uh, due to, we'll say, rust and complacency, as the Steelers are known to be from time to time. They played a sloppy-ass game, and they just need to put this turnover fest behind them. But without a doubt, next week against the Chiefs, the Steelers have to, have to clean up the mistakes on offense and prove to the league that even without Le'Veon Bell, Big Ben, A.B., and Juju Smith-Schuster, who had 119 yards against the Browns this weekend, are still capable of maintaining that high-powered offense. In at number 9, another AFC North team, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I know the Buffalo Bills are more likely only going to be competing for that number one overall pick in the draft this season, but still. When you hold Shady McCoy to just 22 yards on 7 carries and hold a starting quarterback, I mean, if you can even still call him that, Nathan Peterman to just 5 of 18 for 24 yards and a quarterback rating of 0.0. I mean, that's impressive. It's an impressive feat for any team on the NFL level. And who would have figured (laughs) that Joe Flacco plays better when motivated to keep his damn job? I mean, he was playing lights out, uh, threw three TDs, and no picks. So up next, this team travels to Cincinnati for the divisional round in week two, and they're hoping they can keep steamrolling with some of this success and try to steal the AFC North from the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. The Carolina Panthers finish at number eight on this week's NFL Power Rankings. And no, the offense didn't play particularly well. No, Cam Newton doesn't look like he could hit the the backside of a barn with some of those throws. And no, I don't see Christian McCaffrey as a starting caliber every down back going long term. But damn, can McCaffrey catch that ball out on those swing passes? Can Cam Newton keep a defense off balance with that dual threat ability of his? And damn, can Luke Keekley and this front seven absolutely dominate a game? You bet your ass they can. So for all the question marks this team legitimately has, it also has some MVP-type legitimate answers as well. 
just ask the Dallas Cowboys, who never got their running game going due to the, the dominance of this Carolina front. Now, I'm not really sure how to feel about this next team here. I mean, this team played a Sunday night football game against the longtime division rival. Your $134 million all-world quarterback gets carted off the field. And you find yourself down 0-20. And you're just straight getting steamrolled by Khalil Mack and the Bears. But the most dangerous quarterback in the game today, or maybe even ever for that matter, says... Don't call it a comeback. And the Green Bay Packers escape with a 24-23 opening night victory. But the Pack faces an even stiffer division challenge as the Vikings and head coach Mike Zimmer, who may be the only coach to consistently be able to slow down A-Rod over the years. He's going to be bringing that vaunted defense with him along with that shiny new quarterback on offense. I can't wait for that game. If... Aaron Rodgers is up to it after the knee injury. Holding steady in at number six, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Now here's a team that had a lot of doubters going into week one. And most people were seemingly on the forever disappointing and often injured Los Angeles Chargers bandwagon. I don't know. For some reason they were. But like I mentioned in the AFC West preview and predictions episode, the Chiefs straight own the AFC West. I don't even have the stat ready, but I believe their division record over the last few years is something ridiculous, like winning 17 of their last 19 divisional games. I mean, if there's any Chiefs fans out there listening, leave me a comment and give me that crazy stat because I know I have read it a couple of times. But if you want to talk stats from this year, Pat Mahomes and Tyreek Hill started off with a bang, connecting for three TDs in the opener. But up next for KC is a team that may have struggled this weekend but it's had its number the last couple of years in the Pittsburgh Steelers staying live at number five I have the Los Angeles Rams now last season the Rams went from worst to first as far as offenses go and I think we can expect to see more of the same in 2018 Jared Goff had a nice game through a couple of touchdown passes Todd Gurley goes for over 100 yards Cooper Cup continues to make big grabs and big moments. And Brandon Cooks, man, he may not have had a, a big game as far as yardage goes, but he drew a couple of PIs on that Raider defensive backfield. And the Raiders, man, they came out with their hair on fire. I mean, the black hole was amped. But the LA Rams got the talent, and they survived that first half onslaught, and they stole the victory up in Oakland on Monday night. And I think we can expect to see them stealing a lot more victories this year because Sean McVay in this offense, and to go along with the defense now with Aaron Donald, the Rams might be favored to win it all in the NFC. At number four, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now the Jags started off the season on the right foot with the win over the New York Giants, and they used a very familiar formula comprised of ball control and defense. And it's a strategy that's worked well for this team. But I gotta voice my concern. And that's if the LSU running back Leonard Fournette, who rushed for 41 yards on 9 carries against the Giants, cannot return on time for the rematch with the New England Patriots this weekend. Now Fournette suffered what Doug Marone is calling a minor hamstring injury. And without Fournette, I think the Jags' chances are slim. 
but with a healthy Fournette, here's a contest between two AFC powerhouses that I'm interested in watching. In at number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now you can blame Steve Sarkeesian all that you want to, and believe me, I do a lot of that. But give some credit to the Super Bowl champion defense. The Eagles D kept the Falcons to just 4 of 15 on third down and limited the Atlanta offense to only one touchdown in five red zone trips. So Matty Ice, man, he mounted once again against this Philly defense by finishing with just a 57.4 passer rating. So even though Foles looks shaky and Wentz isn't physically ready for game action, when you got players like Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and Malcolm Jenkins on that defense, you gotta feel good about that defense being able to hold things down until Wentz can return. The Minnesota Vikings start the season at number two, and I gotta admit, I like the way this talented Minnesota Vikings defense meshed with the new offense led by Kirko Cousins. And some may say the numbers are too close to pedestrian, considering that the $84 million man went up against the Niners defense that at times struggles to get pressures off the edges. But I beg to differ. A 244-yard, two-touchdown game on 36 attempts is exactly how you want Kirk Cousins' stat line to look like. I mean, just let the running game and the defense do their jobs, and Kirk Cousins will soon realize he doesn't have to shoulder that load like he did up in Washington, because that's what often led to many of his mistakes. Up next, Cousins goes head-to-head against the hobbled king in the north, Aaron Rodgers, to vie for supremacy in the NFC North. The Machine, The System, is back again at number one on the Say What You Like Sports Podcast Power Rankings. The New England Patriots let everyone know that rumors of their demise have been greatly exaggerated. No reason to really even worry about the running back Jeremy Hill tearing his ACL during the season opener because I can compare these Patriots to something like a great temple, a temple that's comprised of many stones. And when one stone crumbles it can simply just be replaced. See Deion Lewis, Brandon Cooks, and Malcolm Butler. And that great temple will remain in great form, bearing above us all, and the rest of the NFL just stays living in the shadow of that temple. So that's the way I see these Pats, man. The Pats' next matchup is an AFC Championship game rematch, but this time the Pats go on the road to take on the Jaguars. What's happening, people? This is your boy Phil checking in with the Say What You Like Sports podcast because uh, week one is now in the books. Every team's got to play their first game, so everybody in the NFL is either 1-0 or 0-1 feeling really good about themselves or really bad about themselves. But uh, So it's time to kick it off here for week two with the Say What You Like weekly NFL podcast. And I gotta admit, I am a bit strapped for time right about now. So I'm going to have to hit you with just a quick hitter here, man. And thank goodness, too, because my Cowboys, man, I don't really have much to say about them after the pathetic showing on offense that they had this weekend, losing to the Carolina Panthers by a score of 16-8. to And uh, what can I say, man? The Cowboys raised even more question marks around this offense with that pathetic 
showing. But I gotta admit, a lot of so-called Cowboys fans just are calling for Scott Linehan's head and Jason Garrett's head like they're the ones out there on the field. I gotta admit, my beef is more with the players and the execution on the field than the play calling. I mean, Tyron Smith, you know, your all-pro left tackle had two holding penalties in the first half getting you behind the chains. Leal Collins matched him on the right tackle with two holding penalties in the second half. And you guys know what this offense has been for the last few years. It cannot afford to get behind the chains. So I don't really put that on the play calling, you know. Those false starts, those holding penalties, those are the players. Those are execution. Dak looked bad. And and I will agree this much. I do put a lot of blame on Coach Garrett because he's neither calling the plays on offense or defense. He is supposed to have his thumb on the pulse of this team. And he should know that a third-year quarterback like Dak Prescott needs more reps in the preseason. It doesn't matter if your offensive linemen are hurt or not because that's the offensive lineman he's got to get used to playing with in week one. And I think I can chalk up some of the offensive woes to rust. And I'm not trying to defend the Cowboys coaching staff or the players. I think it was equally pathetic of an effort for the both of them. To be perfectly honest with you, I was very disappointed. It, it hurt me to watch and hurt even more to rewatch. You know, like I mentioned, Tyron Smith, the two holding penalties. Leo Collins, the other two holding penalties. Connor Williams played okay, but there was quite a few plays where he was getting pushed around uh, right into Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott, man, he looked a little jittery back there in the pocket. Uh, I didn't like how he, I think he was just a, a second too, too quick on trying to run. And instead of where he could have maybe just stepped up in the pocket and delivered the throw, he, he got into run mode, you know. He, he, he didn't, he had his weight distribution was off in the pocket to me, just a, just a little bit. So, you know, that goes a long, a long way with the inaccuracies. You saw everybody's talking about how he missed a wide-open Blake Jarwin on that one play that would have been a big 40-yard play, man. I mean, he missed it. Would have put him in Carolina territory, which is they, they didn't spend much of that game, much of that time on that game. So, you know, just disappointing, man. But I, like I say, I got to stay on track here. Uh, the coaching staff isn't the one out there committing the holding penalties. The coaching staff isn't the one missing wide open throws. The only thing I can blame the coaching staff for is you should know that your team wasn't ready, wasn't looking sharp because they hadn't played together much in the preseason. And that's why they had such a pathetic, rusty-ass effort in week one. So all I'm going to say is this. Players, coaches, the Cowboys organization... You are put on notice. Hey, you got your preseason out of the way in week one. You guys need to get on the same page. You guys need to play like a team. It's a team game. I'm tired of this division within the Cowboys organization and within the fan base. It's Dez's fault. It's Dak's fault. It's Linehan's fault. No, it's Garrett's fault. Jerry Jones has been ruining the franchise ever since he bought it, ever since he fired Jimmy. Man, forget it all, man. Forget it. The bottom line is this. This team has to start being united. It's 9-11 right now. And and you know what? For as terrible of a tragedy as 9-11 was, at least the one positive we can find out of that is we were united after that. We were not divided. And that's what Cowboys Nation's got to be. It's got to be united. It's got to be united. Coaches, players have to take accountability and turn this thing around. And I believe they can do so because... 
let's let's just remember back in 2016, Dak Prescott lost his first game to the New York Giants on opening night. And then they went on to go 13-3, and take the division crown, first round bye. In 2014, when they made another playoff berth, they lost that first game to the San Francisco 49ers. Romo threw three picks. The offense looked terrible. And they went on to go, what, 12-4 and four and make the playoffs. Even way back in 2004, I think it was, with Bill Parcells, when they made the playoffs with Quincy Carter. They dropped that first game to, I think, ATL. Didn't look good at all. So one game does not a season make. It's time to, to I'm sorry, just get on the same page. Look, by now, after week one, you should have shaken off the rust. I expect to see a much much cleaner, more efficient offense against the Giants. You're very used to the coaching staff, the players. They should be used to the personnel that the Giants have and the schemes they like to run. They're a division rival. So, you know, if we see another effort like this, then I'll start calling for some coaching, you know, some coaching staff's heads because, uh, you know, it's just showing me that week in and week out they're ill-prepared. But, uh, you know, right now, at least early on, I think a lot, of the problems on offense were due to execution. Uh, that's just that's just what I saw. But it's just one Cowboys fan's uh, opinion here. So, um, like I said, y'all, I am really, really strapped for time. Um, I want to hit you guys back next week with some uh, picks, previews, and predictions for the upcoming week. You know, go in depth with some analysis uh, of what I seen on, on games from. Different different teams across the NFC and the AFC, not just the Cowboys. But for now, just had to hit you with the quick thoughts. The one that was dear to my heart, watching my Cowboys go down 0-1 in the season. But hoping they can pull even with the hated rival New York Giants. You know, I hope Zeke is motivated to show that Saquon is not the best running back in the NFC East. But we're going to see, man. We're going to see. Both these teams have their issues, but both these teams have their talents. So... You know what? That's the, the thing I love about football. It's all about who wants it more, who wants it more on Sundays. And we're going to see Sunday Night Football. We'll recap then. Peace out, y'all.